Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the How to Lead podcast, helping you unleash influence wherever you are. My name's Adam Tarno. I'm joined today by Clay Scroggins. And so, Clay, today we're going to talk about, in this episode, a word that, like, my former CPA self loves this word because uh, it's the word accountability, and accountability has accounting in it, uh, or it has its roots in accounting. And so, I resonate with this word. I like this word. But the reason I want to talk about this word is I've, I feel like uh, rooms that I've been in with leaders over the past, golly, three or four months at least, this word keeps popping up. And I am also uh, often surprised at how many leaders have a wrong understanding or a skewed understanding of what accountability actually means. And so I thought it'd be good for us to have a conversation, maybe change some perspectives on this word, why accountability is a good thing, uh, why it's not the end-all be-all for your organization, um, but maybe changing some leader's relationship with this word accountability. So what pops into your mind when you hear the word accountability? For me, I hate it. I hate the idea of accountability. <laughs> I just, I just hate it, Adam. <laughs> I do. I, do. I don't like the word. I don't like the concept. But I know some people love it. I mean, I am married to someone who my wife loves accountability. She loves counting things. She loves counting what she's eating, what we're spending, what we're doing with our time, counting work workouts, schedule to do lists. And I, if I would prefer every day be a cheat day in life, (laughs) I would just rather let my, and now I know that is not a healthy way to live, but my, my gravitational pull, my happiest self is just to not counting anything. Well, I don't think you're alone. I think there's a lot of leaders out there that feel that way, which is why uh, there's probably, this is a little beyond the scope of this episode, it'd be really interesting to do some personality studies on those who really love accountability and those who don't. I bet it it falls in line with some DISC profiles and Myers-Briggs and Enneagrams and things like that. But uh, here's the way I think a lot of people think about accountability. And I want to challenge this thought because I don't know if it's really helpful. I think a lot of people think about accountability as punitive. Uh, almost like uh, there's a there's a route that I take when I drive into my office now that I go on this little access road and that access road um, there is an exit from the highway that is the HOV lane and there are often probably one time a month there are four or five cops that sit there and just have a roadblock and they stop everybody exiting on the HOV lane and they look to make sure you have more than one or two people in the car. And if you don't have another, if it's just you driving, it's just a single driving, they issue you a ticket. And I think the heart behind cops issuing tickets is there's a pain that you will feel that will alter behavior. So don't break the law, right? Because it's going to alter behavior. And I think a lot of people think about accountability that way, or they wish accountability in their organization would be that way, which is, you said you were going to do something, you didn't, I'm issuing you a ticket that ticket is painful, and now you'll never do it again. And uh, and so it has this idea of this punitive feel to it, which it, it really isn't punitive. Uh, accountability, I want to make the argument, is really a communication tool. And the definition of accountability is simply just to ask somebody to explain their actions or explain their decisions. And so if I see you Uh, behaving a certain way in a meeting, Clay. Maybe you and I are in a team meeting and you seem a little snippy, a little snarky. Uh, If I'm going to hold you accountable to that, I'm just going to pull you aside and go, hey, you doing okay? 
right? Like, what you seemed to be really frustrated <laughs> today in that meeting, or you seemed to be a little snippy uh, with Susie or whoever it is in the in the meeting. And so, what's going on there? It's just not sweeping it under the rug. It's just, hey, will you explain? I just want to understand why you were behaving a certain way. And so uh, it could be little simple things like that that you see as a team leader where you see some little behaviors in your team, or it could be bigger. Hey, Clay, you said you were going to get the report to me by Thursday. You didn't. Why? Right? So just explain this. Just leaning in to that conversation is, uh, that's really what accountability is. It's just asking people to explain their actions or their decisions. In this episode, I, I I think we want to give three perspective shifts around accountability. And I'd love to get into the first one because it, it, uh, this dovetails off of what you were just talking about. But when I hear that in people and I, and I, you know, I, I get it. I, I, I have often wanted to hold people accountable. Um, I have, there is a sense of justice that I feel you said you were going to, and you didn't, and someone should pay because right there is, I, I, I can understand that. If we back up a second, I think the first thing we've got to remind ourselves about accountability is what are we trying to do here? What what's the goal? What do we why do we even want accountability? And I think there is a justice sense. There is a well because they said and I want them to pay because they haven't and or whatever it may be. But the the truth is at work, we're trying to motivate people, we're trying to get people to do things. We're trying to move people to do what they maybe don't want to do to accomplish what it is they want to accomplish. And so ultimately, If that's healthy for me to remind myself, okay, let me back up a second and think, what am I trying to do? I'm not just trying to hold people accountable so that there's a sense of right and wrong, so that there's a tally sheet of who's winning and who's losing. No, I'm trying to motivate people to accomplish great things, to do more than they even thought were capable of doing. And when I back up there, I go, okay, well, sometimes accountability is helpful and sometimes inspiration is helpful. And there's a lot of different tools a lot of different golf clubs that I have in my leadership golf bag to be able to pull out at different times. And accountability is one of those. And it's a very helpful one because it is oftentimes very effective to put a deadline on something, to put a number on something, to really go through the process of counting something, to know whether or not we're winning or losing. But ultimately, it's for the sake of motivation. That's great. And I love that. Yeah, and that is our first point is you've got to know why you want to use it. And so if in your heart of hearts, you want to hold people accountable because you like watching them squirm and you want them to feel so <laughs> uncomfortable that it's like you issuing the ticket, probably not going to end up being a great tool for you. But if you're holding people accountable because you know we all get busy, we get distracted sometimes, and this is a way to keep everybody motivated and focused, then that's great. And, and yeah, you're right. Uh, we all have that. If we know we're going to be asked a question, sometimes it does motivate motivate behavior. Like there's somebody listening right now who knows they're going to the dentist next week, and so they've started to floss again because they know that that their hygienist is going to say, so have you been flossing? And they want to be able to answer that question, yes. And so they know they're going to be asked, and so they're doing that. So yeah, you got to know why. You got to know why. If it's a heart of wanting to really punitively punish people, probably not going to be a good tool. But if it's a motivation tool, it really can be great. The second thing that I think helps if we're really trying to create a culture of accountability is this, is uh, we're going to go back to accounting. You've got to keep track of it. And so I'll see a lot of team leaders do this where we're going to increase the level of accountability, and but somebody actually has to write down who said they're going to do what by when, right? So one of our last episodes was how do you end a meeting? Who's going to do what by when? Somebody's got to write that down so that the next time you're together, you can say, okay, Clay, you said you were going to do this. Did you do it? Or, okay, Susie, you said you were going to do this. Uh, did you do it? And so it does involve somebody 
tracking these things that we said we're going to do. And so that system uh, is also really, really helpful to create if you are going to try to create that culture of accountability. So Clay, when you go back to your days over at North Point leading big teams, I'm sure you had lots of different departments that said they were going to do a lot of different things. Uh, how did you, as a team leader of a of a you know a pretty big team, how did you try to track some of those things so that you could ask people, with the heart of motivation, could ask people how they did or if they accomplished it? Well, by the end of it, we were using the system and soul, which was a, such a helpful um, process to uh, when when you're meeting. It's a helpful tool to be able to get things done as a team. And there's a there are systems baked into your meeting cadence where you are holding people accountable or you're giving them an opportunity to speak into, hey, you said you were responsible for this. Um, is it working? Is it on track? Is it going to be done by this date? So I do think the last couple episodes we did on how to run effective meetings, I think a lot of it changed when we started to embed the accounting in the in the meeting where there's a regular check-in. Because you're right. I mean, it's unfortunately so common for people to not even not not have a number to measure success or worse to say, Hey, you are going to be responsible for this, but then lose sight of that or lose track of that or not write that down. And we all know when, when everyone's responsible for something, no one's responsible for something. So there needs to be a name that, Hey, this is what you are accountable for. And there needs to be a number associated with it as well. I would say my biggest frustration, Adam, was when I was being asked to be accountable to numbers or metrics that I didn't agree with. That was a real, you know, in fact, I would say the only thing more frustrating than not having a number is having the wrong number. When you are being held accountable to a number that you would say, I don't even agree with the fact that we're doing that. And yet I've got to turn in a number on that. And everybody's got some sort of that in your system on your team. So I was even sitting here thinking about what do you do? How do you help people? I was just talking to an executive last week who runs a big sales department and she had gotten back a bunch of feedback from her team that they're all upset because they're being asked to be accountable to a number that they don't even agree with. They don't even think that that's the right number that they're measuring. How do you handle that if you're on a team or if you're a team leader and people are not enjoying or they don't agree with the number? Well, that uh, is a great tease for next week's episode, right? Of what do we do when you feel overwhelmed by that? So uh, so let's make sure that we uh, hit pause on that and come back next week, and we're going to talk about that, of what do we do in those situations when we feel like we're being held accountable for a number that maybe we don't agree with or feel so audacious and out there, uh, and it just causes us to feel anxious and overwhelmed. I think that's good. But, but here's what I like what you just were talking about, though, with your team, is there had to be some level of accounting. I think about my buddy Eric Hasfurther. Uh, we worked together very, like, we had a, an overlap of maybe, I don't know, maybe six months uh, when I was over at Watermark. And Eric would sit in meetings, and he was just listening for who said they were going to do what by when, and just served the team by writing those things down. And he served the team in such a great way by doing that. And so sometimes it's just getting somebody on your team to go, hey, when you hear somebody say deadline, all this kind of stuff, again, we're not doing this for punitive reasons. We're doing this for motivation reasons and to make sure we stay on track. Will you just write those down so we can start the next meeting asking for updates on how are you doing on that? Or so I know when to email somebody and say, hey, do you have that thing ready? I would also say the, you know, if you are in a place where you, you don't have a system like this, or maybe you don't even agree with the system that you have, or you don't agree with the number. The third thing, the third perspective shifting 
idea on accountability is to just lean into it, is to lean in on both ways. That as a boss, the whole point of accountability is to open up communication, that you would be able to talk about things. So you could check in and say, with those examples you used at the beginning of this episode, hey, you said you were going to get this done by when. You haven't. Is everything okay? Is it on track? Is, are you planning on it? Is, has something derailed it? And, and then on the other side, if you're on a team and you're being held accountable, if you're a team leader and you can open up that line of communication, it is so much better to be able to have somebody have the freedom to be able to speak in and say, okay, well, I'm going to do it because you asked me to do it, but I just want you to know, I don't even agree with it. I don't even like it. It doesn't even make sense to me. You're asking me to do, you're asking me to count this behavior that's not even going to get us to where we're going to get. If you have people on your team that feel that way and you don't know it, you're not any better off because you don't know it. You only get better when you learn that. So I would say opening up the lines of communication is what accountability should really help you do. Yeah. And that's an area where for so many leaders, that's where we exercise courage sometimes, right? We have the courage to engage in a difficult conversation with somebody on our team because we know they said they were going to do something. You haven't seen it yet. And you know it's going to be awkward, but you lean in anyway. And and really, it is uh, awkward too. It is. It can it be. It is pretty awkward to do that. Yeah. Right? And and you know, in our culture of nice that we have, and most you know uh, American business organizational culture where we don't want to step on each other's toes and you know be very deferential. We just gotta. And, and I think there's a way you can do that where, uh, or one way that I found helpful is just to go in with that position of curiosity. I know that sounds yeah, that's a right. little cliche. Spending your judgment. That's right. Being go curious. In, ask questions. Don't make accusations. I had written down that this was going to be done by Thursday. It's not here. Can you help me understand? Was my expectation wrong? How are you thinking about that? I'm not mad. I just want an update so I know where things stand. That's a culture of accountability, right? And that that will help make sure that everybody's communicating well, and it's not just a meeting where we said, oh, we should or we ought or that would be a good idea where we're actually talking about it. Now, sometimes account- accountability might lead to something more punitive or somebody might be demoted or lose their job or whatever. But I think if we do these things we talked about, we know why, we're doing it to to motivate, Uh, we're keeping track, and we're leaning in, hopefully now getting to the point where there has to be some picket that you write, if you will, some punitive uh, thing that's levied, hopefully that'll be very rare. And you'll notice that there's some increase in communication with all that. Yeah, and to remind everyone too, the best kind of employees are the ones that don't have to be held accountable right? The best kinds of employees are the ones that are holding themselves accountable. And the best teams are the kinds of teams that the boss doesn't have to intervene all the time and issue citations and issue tickets. The best kind of teams, I mean, we hear this in the sports world all the time, right? That the best teams are the ones that are player led, are the ones where the players are holding each other accountable. Hey, remember on this team, we're going to respond to emails on this team. We're going to hit deadlines on this team. We're going to hit our numbers, whatever it may be. And there's peer to peer accountability that's happening. Th- those are really the goals that we ought to have is hiring people that don't have to be held accountable and creating the kind of relationships on our team and the kind of clarity on our team where people are holding each other accountable. Gosh, that's so good, Clay. That is so good. And that, is, I mean, there, there's a bonus. Uh, that's bonus idea. Number four for young leaders. You want to really start to stand out. You want to really separate yourself. 
uh, you write down when you said you were going to do something, and that's right. when you and hand you it in, it. you get that's it done right. on time, and you just let the boss know or your team leader know, hey, I know you need this. I said it'd be done by Thursday. It's Wednesday, and I'm getting it to you early, right? Just using some of that language is just uh, this uh, developing this reputation that when I say I'm going to do it, it's as good as done. That is a great reputation. So there it is, accountability. It is not uh, a cop issuing tickets uh, to try to change behavior motive, uh, behavior modification or change people's behavior. It is hopefully a tool that motivates people. We got to keep track and we got to have some courage and just lean into these hard conversations. You do that, you're going to have a culture of accountability that will really hopefully change and get some things done. So Clay, as always, great conversation. Talk to you next time. Thanks, Adam. Well, that's all we got for today's episode of the How to Lead podcast. You can always reach out to us via email. We can be reached at info at howtolead.work. That's info at howtolead.work. Every episode is mixed and edited by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next time.